And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. There's been one demand, and that's holding up that Lombardi trophy, period. That's all I care about, is holding that trophy up and holding that trophy up here. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise... You can't be a success in professional football. You're listening to The State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, and Ted Nguyen on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to an emergency podcast edition of The State of the Nation. I am Jimmy Durkin, joined, as always, by Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, Ted Nguyen. John Gruden is no longer the Raiders head coach. He resigned on Monday afternoon after more emails were released. Uh, the New York Times putting out emails that showed not just the racist remarks that he had made uh, in the email that had been reported on Friday, but homophobic, misogynistic remarks, plenty of offensive remarks, um, really across the spectrum of the league. Basically, th- there was no way he-, he could remain as a coach, and he was not fired. He was he did resign. That was... Uh, the move that went down and um, it's just a stunning, really a stunning series of events in the last four or five days as the Raiders uh, not that long ago were, were 3-0 and and, and looking like a team that, that might have turned the corner. And now John Gruden, um, three seasons and five games into that 10-year contract, is out. Yeah, this had to happen. You know, it's one thing that even though the, the initial racist email was, was, was obviously bad and offensive you know there was some room if that was the only one to you know make the case hey this is 10 years ago it was a one-time outburst you know that's, that's not really who i am but you know when you have several emails that are offensive to several groups in multiple ways spread out over a period of time almost lasted a decade um and that's just what we we know of through these emails i mean that that shows you know somebody who's you know expressed it and showed themselves to believe in bigotry, you know, for a long time. And, you know, that's something that really for any organization, you know, you, you can't have that being almost any employee, but especially your head coach and, and somebody as big of stature as Gruden, who is the face of the franchise. And, you know, for the last few seasons, you know, when you think of the Raiders, you think Gruden and they're, they're inseparable. And, but particularly with the Raiders and, you know, their history of pushing diversity and everything that Al Davis did in, in that area and Mark Davis, uh, you know, trying to do his best to, uh, sort of live up to the ideals that his, his his father lived to, you know, it's just something that he just couldn't put up with. And, you know, while while Gruden resigned, whether he resigned, uh, if he didn't resign, he was going to get fired. You know, we can kind of get into the difference between the two later on, but he had to go. Yeah, I think Friday when we talked about this, the first email, I think that trying to figure out how the Raiders would respond with the punishment. I think that always in the back of your mind was like, well, this, if this is the tip of the iceberg, if there's more, then he's done. You know, you can possibly come back from one. He tried to explain it. His apologies weren't great. I think the, his bilingual, which wasn't great. I think um, 
It turns out on Friday, he also told, you know, ESPN's Chris Mortensen that he hadn't made comments about Roger Goodell. Didn't tell him exactly what he said, but obviously John knew what he said at that point. So I think, and maybe Mark Davis said also. So at some point, Gruden must have realized that more was coming because, I mean, once people heard what the comments were and just how ugly they were, there's no way he could have thought he could have continued on with his job based on the other emails that were going to come out. So, um, yeah, it was it was a done deal once they, they came out last night. He couldn't be the face of the franchise. couldn't lead a group of men into any more games. That was it. So I think um, it is it is shocking just to the turnaround from the last, you know, what, three weeks ago, they were 3-0. and He was like one of the highest coaches in the league. Maybe finally, you know, hit his mark and all this roster rebuilding was going to pay off. And now he's, he's out of a job because of um, some ugly, ugly emails. You know, part of your responsibility as a head of a franchise is to keep your image clean. You know, and, and that's just you're held to higher standard because your image and words are tied to the franchise. And any self-respecting organizations wouldn't want those words tied to them. So you can't be the face of a, and leader of an organization that prides itself on, on a history of inclusion when you have personal quotes, you know, with racist, sexist, anti-gay language floating in the public. And as a head coach, you're, just, you're held to higher standards. So for all those people that, you know, talk about, you know, it, it's a shame that these private emails came out and everybody has, you know, bad language in their private emails. There's just 32 head coaches in the league and you can't be one of those guys when you know those kinds of things are being floated out there i mean as i wrote last week you know it's not just about it you know being bad emails i mean this this sort of thing especially when it's repeated and, and varied in the way that it is i mean it's a reflection of your character and who you are you know you know if you're emailing this sort of thing and you feel com- comfortable emailing this from your company account to somebody else you know official account chances are you're probably saying it in real life too in text messages and phone calls and it's just who you are you know typically you know you know when it's repeated over this, this sort of way and you know whether it led to outrage or not you know at some point morality has to come into the picture where do you really want somebody who's who's shown this is who they are you know running your organization i think if you're the raiders and vic you wrote about the the many questions that are facing mark davis right now you know i think the big one is you know the nfl turned over these emails uh they said on friday mark davis in his statement after this came out said that he would be reviewing this email and other documents sent by the league so that allows us to presume that as of friday mark davis had all of these emails he knew the content of them he knew he knew what his head coach had written over a span that as the new york times now reported on monday spanned 7 years up ending in early 2018 that's notable to me because early 2018 that's when John Gruden was hired as the Raiders head coach. January 9th, 2018, he was introduced. So that kind of spits in the face of the argument that, well, these were all of this was done before he was the head coach. Now, early 2018 is, is vague enough that maybe it happened up until the day before, a couple days before he was hired. But it's not like this was it's something that can be fully dismissed as, oh, this was only when he was working for ESPN. And I think if we can presume that Mark Davis had these emails on Friday, the fact that he allowed his coach to go out there on Sunday, it was a terrible mistake. I mean, who knows? Maybe the rest of the emails don't get leaked out if they suspend him, if they do something on Friday. But the fact that they didn't and just allowed this to go on is a bad look for Mark Davis right now. 
Yeah, I think two things. I think though, so people were trying to figure out the timeline when he said it, like you know, if the Raiders are really you know responsible for what he said ten years ago. But to me, it doesn't matter when he said it. I mean, if he if he wrote it and said it, they own his personality. He's the face of the franchise. Whatever he said at some point is who he is, and that's who you have you know talking for your franchise every day. And so I think that. To me, that doesn't make doesn't make sense. When it doesn't really matter when he said it. I mean, he has to own it, and they have to own it. And Mark Davis did not own it. Mark Davis clearly. I mean, I don't know exactly what emails he had when, what he knew from. But even in the statement on Friday, he said that I have to review this email, the one that came out from Wall Street Journal, plus other materials the league gave me. He said that's what he said. Other materials the league gave me. So clearly, he had more. Probably had this because we mentioned you know, John Gruden told Mortensen about the the Goodell slander. So. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe his, you know, first reaction is to push back. The league says, hey, we want you to do this. Like, yeah, I don't really want to do it your way. I'm going to do it my way. But again, that was the wrong call. I mean, if he knew what Roger Goodell was called in his emails, then yeah, you, you can't have him coach your team on Sunday. It can't happen. You can't have, and I think, I don't know if you want John to face it up or I mean, admit to it, because John talked to the media twice in the last few days and both, both, both times wasn't he apologized but i wouldn't say his body language was great didn't really uh, own more than what he did in terms of the first email so yeah i think it was a big misstep like you said i think um you have to assume mark davis knew about the emails on friday and having him coach on sunday was a mistake having him in my mind having him resign not getting fired is a mistake not making a, a bigger statement last night just saying i accept his resignation that was all mark said that's not good enough. I mean, for a guy who prides himself on the history of his organization, the inclusion, the you know, the minority hiring record, all the things that this this you know, Raiders have stood for, that that comment was to me was was pretty weak. I think that I know I'm sure Mark will talk at some point in more detail, but uh, you needed more from him last night than what he got. I think it was a it was a bad look. You know, as you say, it was a weak move, but also just just obviously wasn't. Gruden's first time working for the Raiders. You know, Mark Davis, somebody who was obviously around the first time Gruden was the coach. And, you know, obviously they they became close and he wanted him bad enough to get to ultimately convince him to come back and, and leave his broadcast job. I mean, uh, it's kind of hard to believe at no point, you know, in, in what's been, what, over two decades of knowing Gruden that, you know, you just had no inkling of any of this sort of be- thing being a, a part of his character in, in terms of kind of statements that he was making and, I mean, everybody, you know, there's some kind of vetting process when you, when you hire a coach. It kind of brings the question, like, you know, did you really dig that deep? You know, how did you miss these emails? How did that sort of thing not come up? And then just combining all of that with uh, some of the other missteps that, that Mark Davis has had, uh, you know, initially telling his players not to protest in his jersey, uh, you know, that I can breathe tweet this summer. Uh, allowing Gruden to resign instead of firing him. There's a lot of areas where he needs something that, that's strong to kind of push against, you know, the, the picture that's kind of being painted throughout all of that. And he, he missed, you know, opportunity, uh, you know, letting Gruden go out there and coach. And then he missed another opportunity by not firing him and allowing him to resign. I mean, I guess the question becomes what happens next? You know, obviously, Rich Basaccia is the interim coach. Um, I don't think he'll be likely be a serious candidate to be the permanent coach. The Raiders are going to have time to st- start looking at candidates. I think you have to look organizationally. This team doesn't have a leader. You know, Mark Davis is the owner. Um, you know, is not a guy that I think you want being the prime decision maker leader of, of your operation. I think they have to find a way. You know, we all know about the Mark Bedane resignation. That adds another layer to this. This team on the business side lost a lot of people uh, before the season started. And I think before you can even worry about who's going to be the next coach of this team. You know, will Mike Mayock keep his job? All that kind of stuff. 
I think this team needs to find a strong president of football operations, team new team president. They they need to find somebody that that knows what they're doing to really lead all aspects of this organization. As Vic, you wrote, I mean, he now in four months has lost the two people, John Gruden and Mark Bedane, that basically ran everything to deal with this organization. I'm sure Mike Mayak will want to be that guy. I'm sure Mike will make a push to be like the, the voice and kind of the, the new face of the franchise. And maybe Mark Davis says he will be the rest of the year. I'm not sure that he'll allow him to be. Maybe Mark will think he'll be that guy. So I do think it'll be fascinating to see what happens as far as Mike Mayak and, and Mark Davis. Like you mentioned, who's going to be the, the guy, the kind of the, the new face of the franchise, the guy who kind of has you know, the buck stops here kind of guy. And or do you go the vacuum of that guy not exist this season? You wait till the offseason and kind of just go because it is weird because the whole the whole organization, you know, the coaching staff, the front office, the players, we're all made in John Gruden's mind. John Gruden decided everything. And so now this is this team is in his image. And now he's gone. So like Rich Masaccio will try, I'm sure, and keep things going the same way as far as the playbook, maybe the offense, but basically strategies. But I'm sure he'll want to do his own stamp on things. I'm sure. Olsen now, the play caller, will try and do his own little wrinkles here and there. So how much they break away from what John Gruden had in mind will definitely be, you know, something to watch the rest of the season and going forward. Let's go backwards a little bit. You know, as far as the rest of his contract, does it just get terminated and he doesn't get paid the rest of his contract as well? That's my assumption. I mean, we don't really, we never really saw the contract. Coach's deals are kind of weird. Like the whole $100 million 10-year thing was kind of something that Bob Lamont, his agent, said. And no one really, I mean, Mark Davis, yeah, that's that's, that's right. So you don't really know if he got that much money for that long a time. Obviously, it was a huge deal. And I don't know what the clauses were. But my first reaction to having Gruden resign versus firing him is maybe that gets you legally off the hook for the rest of the contract. That's my, maybe there wasn't a, a morality clause in the deal. Maybe that's why. It went this way, but I really don't know. But I'm pretty certain that uh, they're done paying John Gruden. Whether they paid him in the past, you know, I'm sure that's not coming back. But I would seriously have a hard time believing that they owe him any more money going forward. And I mean, I know for some Raider fans, they're going to look at that as the bright side. John Gruden's tenure here has not been great. You know, it started bumpy, started with promises to bring back Khalil Mack and then a trade. The best season was last season going eight and eight. You know, this year looked like it had some promise. So for, for a lot of Raider fans, they wanted to find a way to get away from Gruden. But regardless of whether you wanted Gruden here, you wanted him gone, this isn't the way you wanted it to happen because uh, it's just an ugly mark on the franchise. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a much better look for you. While it's more expensive, it's a much better outcome to have him be fired for what's happening on the field than, than have something like this. But it's really a hard reset for the franchise. I mean, they're in a new city at the relocation, they have a new team president or interim team president and Dan Ventrell. Coach is gone. Mike Mayock, you know, he potentially could be gone as GM. Um, and so going into this offseason, you know, owner Mark Davis sort of has another opportunity to kind of start over again, which, you know, obviously isn't what, what fans were expecting to hear at the, at the beginning of this year. They were, they were hoping to get back to having postseason success. But I don't think there's any sort of quick fix to this kind of thing. You know, you have to overhaul it and both from a front office perspective and then on the roster, there are going to be some serious decisions to be made for whoever ends up being in control moving forward. I mean, uh, this is a team that's lo- largely made up of guys on rookie deals or, or or veterans who are on one-year deals or, or non-guaranteed deals moving forward. And so there's an opportunity for them to have a, a ton of cap space this upcoming offseason. Um, they still have all of their picks. Just like the new coach doesn't approve of Derek Carr or something of that nature, maybe he could get traded uh, to free up more space and, and accumulate more picks. And so... I mean, this upcoming offseason obviously is, is, is enormous for the Raiders, but 
you know, at least I guess you could say on the bright side, you know, they don't have to pay Gruden all that money, um, which is important for uh, a franchise that's short on cash following the relocation. And given, you know, Mark Davis isn't, you know, as obviously he's a very wealthy man, but but maybe not as wealthy as some of the other, other NFL owners out there. But I just think, you know, this, this offseason between obviously the coaching vacancy, the money that they have at their disposal, the draft picks, you know, maybe they can kind of salvage this thing moving forward. Um, it's better than being locked in maybe with some some deals that they couldn't move or other things of that nature. Yeah, I think this is an opportunity for the franchise to just hit, you know, hit the total reset button. And like Vic said, you know, this franchise right now is built in Gruden's image and they don't have the guy that has that vision for the franchise running the franchise. You have to start over again. And it's an opportunity to start over again with maybe a front office that's a little bit more forward thinking, you know, obviously with a, another head coach because, you know, I just don't think that you could continue on with the path that Gruden has set, especially since there has been no real success for you to justify keeping keeping it going. So, you know, I, if I were Mark Davis, I would hit the reset button on this this thing for sure and move forward. Tough thing about a reset button is like usually the new person coming in would want to fall back on, you know, the recent draft picks, things you built up, but the recent draft picks have not been good. And John, I mean, they've won so far. They were three, three and two. They're three and zero, oh, kind of despite you know the draft picks they made of the last three or four years. So I mean, there's really not a great foundation in place here. Like the quarterback needs an extension, or else he'll be gone. So there's not really. Um, it may seem like the team's in good shape in terms of there's some talent in the roster, but looking forward, there's not really that foundation you'd want after this long rebuilding process of the last four years. Yeah, I mean, you look at what are always the two most important positions right now, pass rusher and uh, and quarterback. And their quarterback next year will be on the last year of his deal and both pass rushers, you know, Unique Ngakwe and Max Crosby will be on the last years of their deals next season. So they've got a lot of questions to answer. Um, and, you know, we're going to have plenty of time to kind of dig into who should be the next coach because there's going to be a long ramp up. The first name that a lot of people are going to say, and it, it's a good name, is Eric Bieniemy, the uh, the Chiefs offensive coordinator, a guy who it's pretty sh- stunning that he still has not been given a head coaching job. He's had a lot of interviews over the last few years, and you would think you would hope that he would be uh, considered a candidate. One name I, I came to mind that I don't think would really be interested, especially with everything going on, but David Shaw is a name that gets mentioned in almost every head coaching opening, and, and certainly he has a history with the franchise. You know, his dad was Gruden's first defensive coordinator, and you know, and he coached with the franchise. Um, those are a couple of names that I would just throw out there that you would think they would at least have to look at. I think uh, Bovada had Nathaniel Hackett the Packers OC leading as their uh, candidate right now, obviously super early, but um, that's just another name. I think, you know, the defense keeps playing well and based on just the whole like, you know, attitude adjustment. And I think Gus Bradley will be a name that comes up at some point. I think he'll be a guy in the mix if they defense keeps playing well. I think people love that his whole positive already brings to the team. I think even guys in the offense have talked about it. So I think obviously they keep, they keep playing well. I think he could also be on that list. Yeah, I think whoever they go with, the most interesting aspect of it will be, you know, how much power do they have? Because, you know, they essentially gave Gruden full control. Do they want a coach that's just coaches? You know, it's just it, focus on the X's and O's and obviously, you know, give their input and personnel decisions, but not making the final call. And then you hire or, you know, give uh, Mayock the power to to make more of an actual, you know, full GM, active full GM capacity. Um, so that kind of dynamic, I think, would be the most interesting part. You know, do they take another chance on the on coach running everything after the way it worked for them under Gruden or, or do they kind of switch things up? Well, it's kind of interesting because you look at the three coaches that, that have been there under when Mark Davis was the owner. 
And uh, he's kind of done it different ways. Like the first coach, you know, Dennis Allen, Reggie McKenzie had all the power. Reggie McKenzie was calling all the shots at GM. And then that, you know, obviously Mark didn't like Dennis Allen. They brought in Jack Del Rio. That was, that was Mark's hire. And they kind of were like kind of half-half. They were definitely, they were kind of on equal footing, I believe, you know. And now with Gruden, Gruden had the whole whole run of the show. So I think Mark's done it every different way. So I don't know if he has a preference, but um, clearly he's seen it done differently. So we'll see what he wants to do this time. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of things to watch where that really are uh, going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be big to see who Mark Davis leans on, right? Who, who does he lean on as as his, you know, his little circle of trust in terms of helping make the decision? I mean, we know Marcel Reese is his senior advisor, I believe now. Um <laughs> You know, we'll see how much power uh, Marcel Reese can wield because we know that uh, that he and Mark wanted him to have a bit of a role in the football operations, and, and Gruden wasn't really having that. Um, and, and now that, that Gruden's out, any thoughts on what Marcel Reese's uh, possible expanded role could be? Like? Yeah, I think you've made you've made a list of the. I mean, obviously it's a, it's an ugly situation, but there's always you know winners and losers. And I think um, I think Marcel Reese is a big winner. I think uh, I don't think John Gruden. And I know he wasn't crazy about Marcel getting involved in the football side. I mean, right now, Marcel's role is kind of more of like a business side, a community relations kind of guy, kind of getting his feet wet. But definitely he and Mark were planning on him being involved in football at some point. And I don't think that was going to happen with John. So I think that definitely now is back on the table. Um, you mentioned who will Mark lean on. And he's really tight with Marcel. Marcel definitely always you know on his right-hand side. And I think um, – that would be interesting to watch. I mean, I think um, we don't really know what's going to happen with Mike Mayock as far as we'll, we'll get more power, what will happen to him next year. But I definitely we can say for sure that Marshall Reeves will have a bigger role uh, going forward. The next big moment to watch is going to be Wednesday. Rich Bisaccia will have his first press conference as the Raiders interim head coach. I uh, presume we will hear from some players. That's normally the day that their car talks. You know, I mean, it's a tough position for the players. I mean, they're going to have to ask, answer questions that they would rather not get. It's not fair to them that they have to deal with this. And, you know, I, I think you have to feel for the position that they're in. You know, I feel for Raider fans because whether they liked Gruden or not, this is a rough stretch to have to go through to to see their their coach, to see their organization under fire and for stuff that uh, is not of their doing. So and we all know for Raider fans, it's been a rough, you know, I say 20 years, but I mean, you can probably even say 40 years, right? I mean, they, I think the last Super Bowl was the Super Bowl title, I believe, 38 years ago or so. Um, it relocated three times in the last 40 years. You know, for fans, they they always show up. They're loyal, but they keep getting kicked down. And, and I think it's hard not to feel bad for them uh, j- just to kind of undergo just another one of these crazy times. Yeah, and I think, you know, on the, the coach and player note, for them having to speak first after this, you know, I think that's another move by, by Mark Davis that, that's pretty weak. I mean, you know, you're the other one to make this decision to hire Gruden. You have to take most of the blame with how the situation played out. And, you know, I also think that was something that coming off of Friday, you know, having the players having to speak for that on Sunday, you know, since you didn't address it Friday when you had the opportunity to and just keep like passing the buck off of, in terms of responsibility of who has to answer to, answer for this, at least publicly. Even if he has something today or, or just move off the, the player coach stuff Wednesday and, and he has a press conference, then it just... I don't know, it just seems like a huge kind of disappointment for for him not to speak first and kind of own this and allow the franchise and the fan base alike to move forward. 
maybe, you know, plans change and maybe they do add in a Mark Davis availability sometime after we record this. As of right now, nothing is scheduled, but, uh, you know, we will give them uh, the opportunity to, uh, you know, we'll, to see if if maybe that changes and then they do put Mark Davis out there before they put out the players. But, yeah, I agree with you if that is the case. And we don't hear from Mark Davis on Wednesday and it's just Rich Passaccia and, and a player or two. That's not a great look for the owner. I'm sure the players are going to talk about me. You know, He's a very popular coach. He's definitely a guy. I mean, all players really relate to. I think they'll kind of say, we can do this with him. There's no reason why he can't be a good coach. We can, the talent we have hasn't changed. So I, I think they'll try and rally around him. I think it's interesting, interesting because I think Versace is definitely a Gruden guy. He definitely, that's they're long t- tied together. I think they have similar coaching styles. So, I mean, well, he's just trying to pick up where John left off and how, would that be at all feasible i don't know i really try to make some changes i mean i don't think he will but we'll have to wait and see so i think it's just kind of be um it'll be interesting i just think it'll be um the players will, i think will, will make the most of it and they'll say you know that they can win for which Passaccia, but uh can they given you know the problems that they have in this roster with the o-line and the run defense i i don't know i think the only positive you can take from this from a, a football side of things is that i mean we, we've seen teams kind of rally when you know the head coach gets fired obviously but for different reasons because i don't think we've ever seen anything like this before but you know we've seen teams able to rally and come together after a change at head coach so i I think there's a small chance that could happen with this team but i mean I, i guess that's the only sort of positive you could you could take from this all right, it has been uh, it's been a long four or five days here. Um, it's it's going to be an interesting week. Uh, the Raiders will be heading to Denver on Sunday. You just wonder how they're gonna kind of pick up the pieces. Um, we will be back on Thursday to uh, talk a little bit more about you know Rich Passaccia's first comments, the players' comments, and obviously to get you ready for the Raiders taking on the Broncos. Uh, but this has been an emergency edition of State of the Nation, and uh, we appreciate all you guys listening. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.